There are lots of claims that we can reverse diabetes or cure it altogether in ways beyond the medications that we take that our doctors prescribe us for the management of our sugars and managing overall of our health and living with diabetes. Is this possible? Wouldn't that be wonderful if we could do that? The doctors can't do it all. They can give us the medications. We can use that along with balancing our food and exercise and do the best we can. But can we really go a step beyond? Do we have choices in this way to cure diabetes? So today to talk about that subject is Dr. Leela Ali, my guest and author of a small book called What to Do About Diabetes and author of off-balance American way of health. And we're going to talk about some of these options that we have to do just that. Thank you for joining me today, Leela. Thanks, Anita. Thank you for having me. Now, just to clear these things up, you are a doctor and you're a pharmacist. Yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a pharmacist. I'm not a medical doctor. I'm a pharmacist. With the title of doctor. Sure, yes. Just honoring your medical uh, background. Right. Okay. All right. So you have, I've read your, your little booklet, What to Do About Diabetes, and I loved it. Okay, great. I thought it yeah, was thanks. really informative. It wasn't overly complicated. Um, I think it answers a lot of questions that we're going to touch on today. And so, um, you know, I, I'd like to say where you can get this booklet so people can have a look at this and, and you know, just empower themselves with some choices and, and answers to these questions, because they're big questions and they come up constantly, even down to uh, the confusion on what type of diabetes do I have? Yeah, and um, the, the booklet is created just to be a starting point, so it's really simply written. And um, so we have an introduction of what diabetes is, the different types and what's actually going on with it, as well as um, medications and alternative and holistic approaches comparing them. So people just kind of have an overview of the choices because, yeah, again, we are overwhelmed with information. So that that's the point of that. And the website is um, whattodoabouthealth.com. And that's where we can find some information about choices beyond pharmaceutical, some natural ways, and what to do about diabetes. That will be on there also. Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, there's some herbals that people use. And um, there's also um, behind every disease, there's an emotion that um, should be addressed as well. And then there's different ways to think about things that can also help. So, and then there's spiritual um, healing as well. And um, and then there's also the Ayurvedic and acupuncture approaches, which also go into herbs and, you know, acupuncture and different things like that. So there are there are a lot of choices. There's a lot of things to learn. And um, there's a difference between the Western medicine approach and the holistic approach. And, you know, a lot of it, the diet too, the milk and the meat. Like if you see the American Diabetic Association website, they have milk and meat in their diets, and those can keep diabetes going quite a bit. Whereas when you not, when you replace those with other things, you know, you can see huge differences in your sugar levels. Well, beyond what type of diabetes we have, so whether it's type 1, and I'm going to really sound confusing, but we're just going to say them out loud. So type 1, type 2, LADA, which is somewhat new, so 1.5 they call it, or LADA diabetes, gestational, and this is where um, you know a woman will become a diabetic when she's pregnant, although they be, they're very much in risk of developing type 2 after the fact for a good 10 years. And then there's borderline. 
and people just being in risk of becoming a diabetes, a diabetic, sorry, and that is beyond just borderline. So they're walking around, don't even know that that's the direction they're heading in. So diet is the key. I really believe no matter what type of diabetes you have, it's all about balance and finding success for yourself and your health with that balance. And diet, no matter what type of diabetes you have, is a huge factor. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, all the different types, they all add up to there's too much sugar sugar in the bloodstream, right, or glucose. And, uh, when you know, when you think about what's going on with, with the diabetes too, the too much glucose, it's your body's just trying to gain balance, you know, because with too much glucose, you're, you're, you can't have it. You can't have too many particles. The blood won't keep flowing, right? It'll get too thick. So it's trying to, it pulls in like, it pulls in fluid from the cells into the blood and that's when you feel the thirst, right? Because your body's trying to compensate. So is that, I know that's a huge sign of high sugars or that you do have diabetes is being thirsty and urinating an awful lot. Right. And all that is your, is your body trying to compensate for the excess glucose that's left in the blood. You know, so there's just too much... There's too much glucose there. There's too many particles, and your body has to keep a balance of fluid to particles. Otherwise, the blood's not going to flow. And so that's when you see, you know, the diabetes progresses, and people have a lot of problems with circulation and blood pressure and things like that. It's just too much glucose over the years, over the years, as the circulation goes bad. So, yeah, so when you have the too much glucose, it gets fluid from the cells and pulls it from the cells into the blood, and then you feel thirsty. And then when you have too much fluid in the blood, then you, then you need to urinate. So all it is, that's all it is, is just your body trying to maintain balance, maintain balance. And so when you use a drug, it's trying to, you know, different ones, they'll try and increase insulin here or there. They're just trying to clear the, the bloodstream of the glucose, and then they'll take a test. But it's not natural. I mean, really, the best way to heal is, is a diet, like you said. Because there's not going to be a natural cure unless they can dissolve glucose and make it turn into muscle or something like that, right? But the diet is everything. So having said that, I just want to touch on the big what type and clear some of this up. Because you do it so well. I, I, I like the way you've done it in your booklet here. But just to state, in, we're going to use the U.S., 29.1 million people living with diabetes. That's a huge number, and I know it increases every year. Out of that number, 1.25 million children and adults have type 1. So really, type 2 is gigantic in the big scheme of things. And notoriously, when we talked about diabetes, we didn't associate type 2 with children. And now that's being talked about more and more. So what it's saying is, it's not autoimmune. And, and just to be clear... At the moment where we stand in medicine, type 1 is autoimmune, meaning that your autoimmune, um, your immune system is attacked, your insulin, beta cells, and of course you're not producing the amount of insulin, and so you need to take insulin injections. You do not have any other Western options. You can't take a pill. You have to inject insulin. So that's fine. We, we've got that. Type 2 is a different animal. And when right. I don't, I, I have not associated type 2 with children, and now I'm hearing it all the time. So this is definitely, I would say, beyond, this is a lifestyle issue. It, it, yeah, definitely. Type 2 actually used to be called adult onset diabetes. That's absolutely. Right, 10, 20 years ago, and then more kids get it. But, 
it's it's absolutely diet getting worse and worse as we get younger and younger. And, um, you know, it's, uh, going back to the basics and the natural food would be everything. But, um, you know, as you know, there's the, all the diabetes is too much sugar in the cells. So the type 1 means you don't have any insulin at all, so it has to be replaced. The, the insulin is necessary for the sugar to get out of the bloodstream and into the cells so it can be used for energy. Right. I know you know all this, but I'm just going through well, it. Well, our listeners, it's very important for people to understand that. So as a child, because I was a child when I was diagnosed, um, how they explained it in very simple terms was you eat and sugar goes in, that breaks down it, and this sugar goes into your bloodstream. And so once in the bloodstream, we have to sweep it over into our cells where we can use it for energy. And the way we sweep it is with insulin. Insulin comes in and it carries this glucose, this sugar out of our bloodstream into a cell. And this is how we can blink, talk, function. We need this glucose period just to exist, to breathe, to have any sort of energy. And that really broke it down into very simple terms. So. Oh, I always saw insulin as a doorman, you know. You can't get into the glucose into the cells without the insulin. Right. So there we go. We're opening the door to enter to the cells where we can use it as energy and we we need this, not just because we're running or doing something exerting having a boost of energy rather than just to actually function because we need energy right. for everything. So it is a vital part and if this sugar isn't being removed, you become lethargic and tired as you said, and the body still has to function. You get up, you blink even to go to the washroom, it takes energy. So unfortunately, it will get, well, not unfortunately, it's just the way the body works, but it will get energy from other areas like your liver, which is now forced to produce a sugar-like substance within the body and give it to your cells so that you can function and move. And this creates a poison in the body called ketone acidosis. We don't want this. We don't want this because it is not a healthy thing. It puts a lot of pressure on the liver. And that's where they'll say to people living with diabetes and have high blood sugars for a period of time or not eating. They starve themselves wanting to lose weight, thinking that's the way to go. They go on these fad diets. They could be creating ketones within their body, and that's not what we want. Right. And so that's a whole other test that we have to do also. Yeah, and going back to the type 1 and type 2, type 1, if you don't have your insulin, then there's no glucose being used for energy. But type 2, they have some. It's more like they're overwhelmed with too much sugar, too many carbs and processed foods and things like that. So they have some, but then when they start using the medicine, they're trying to get more glucose in the cells and out of the bloodstream. So it tests right, but it's more of an overwhelmment of the bloodstream. Absolutely. And in saying that, though, they can still have ketones, can they not? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So, and and just to uh, clarify that, because you do it so well in your booklet, when you're saying that insulin um, is not working properly within the body, so they're, they're making insulin within their body, but it's not being able to be used properly or it's overwhelmed. And you actually break that down in the booklet. Yeah, well, okay, type 2, the insulin's fine. The only problem in type 2, even though if you go to the Diabetes Association website, American Diabetes or, you know, WebMD, they'll say that there's something wrong 
with your receptors or the insulin's not working. But there's nothing wrong. The only problem is there's too much sugar for your body to handle. It's trying to find places to put it. It's trying to, so you take, you take a, a pill, it's trying to stuff it in the cell or, you know, get more insulin so it clears out. I mean, it's just a natural, not a natural healthy way to do it. The, the, the drugs are just suppressing symptoms. They're just trying to find a place for the sugar to go. So you're, when you test, it looks normal, but it's very limited. It's not, people feel safe doing that, but all it's doing is prolonging the, the lifestyle changes that need to happen. Right. You know? Right. Absolutely. So in other words, there's, uh, depending on your situation, it's helping either for your body to produce more insulin these medications or make it work more productively? Because I know there's lots of medications out there and I think that gets confusing for people. They start with a pill and then they, a lot of times, and I, and I get tons of emails about this, they progress to insulin. So then they think they're a type one diabetic rather than you now had to change your management because, you know, it's not what you were originally on was not effective. Well, and it's not that it's not what it affected. You keep doing the same habit. So you're eating way too much sugar, so then you take a pill, and it suppresses the symptoms for a while, but your body, it's only a matter of time. Now, if you went to an Ayurvedic or acupuncture or something else, they'll say, okay, you need to modify your diet right now and get adjusted, you know, so because there's some changes you can make early on before it progresses, you know, the milk, the meat and the milk and the dairy, all the sugar, things like that. And sometimes there's small changes at that point. But when you take a pill and you keep doing what you're doing, then it's going to progress. So what happens is people take a pill, then they take a second pill, and no habits are changed. And then eventually there's no place else to put the sugar. Then they're on insulin. And that's when the circulation problems happen and people have problems with their eyesight and gastroparesis where their stomach doesn't work and different things like that. So, but if you went somewhere and try and get in balance early instead of masking the systems until it's a disaster, that's what happens all the time. So really a lot of this stuff is just masking. It's helping your body cope in the meantime, but you've got to go beyond that and take control yeah. of your body, your health. It, it's helping your blood sugar levels test right when they do a test, but it's not, you know, you have to go back to basics. You have to change some habits and get it so it's naturally, your sugar is naturally fine. And that's you know? a big thing. That's a big thing for a lot of people is testing. And I am, I can't preach enough about testing. I am a testing queen. I'm, I'm all about testing the blood sugars. And because I, no matter what, it gives you some knowledge that you really need. So if you're changing your diet, you know what's working. Wow, my tests are, are coming back quite well. If you're on medication, which <laughs> let's face it, the majority of us are, um, okay, the medication and the food are working well. But beyond that, you want to keep not just your sugar down, but your medications down. So this testing is empowering on, okay, so my exercise versus my diet is enabling me to maintain a good sugar level and cut down on medications because that should be the goal. That should Absolutely. That should always be the goal. And, you know, people feel safe. If they're on three meds and their blood sugar is okay, but they're not. It's just well, it's a matter a, of time. Yeah. It's a start. Let, let's face it, it is a start. So let's keep the body functioning 
and, um, you know, allow rooms for growth and choice. So I'm all about, like, let's get it under control. But as long as they agree it's a start, it's not, as long as they don't settle into three and think they're safe and go on, as long as they go, okay, that's a start to get off my beds, that should be the attitude. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I couldn't agree more. It should, but it is a start. And if that's, you know, keeping yourself healthy and that's what it takes at the beginning, but we really have to adopt the idea that we, should be con- take, taking control of our health and looking at other options not to be on medication in lifestyle change alone. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, if you're on meds, you're not safe. You're, you're temporarily more comfortable because the symptoms aren't being shown. They're finding places to put excess glucose that shouldn't be in your body. And I'm talking type 2 diabetes right now, right? Right. So Yeah, we're, we're going to be quite clear about that. Type 1 is a different animal, but nevertheless, I, and I am a type 1, um, I have found through making um, different choices and going beyond and looking outside of just Western medicine, ways of um, managing my health overall, I have really lowered my insulin intake, really lowered yeah. it. it. It's amazing. And so I'm quite optimistic that um, I could lower it even more. Uh, yeah, I believe you can. I believe anybody can. Like I said, the one documentary that's amazing is Simply Raw, uh, Reversing Diabetes in Three Days, where they, they go, six diabetics go to a uh, the Tree of Life in Arizona and eat raw food. And, um, you know, same thing, I've been to Optimum Health Institute and you do raw food. And I've, I've met diabetics, and on the documentary, you see the diabetics that thought they were going to be diabetic forever. That's a chronic disease that they don't have control of. And they change their diet. They change their diet and their activity. They they change to raw food completely, and it's reversed in a matter of days or weeks. Wow. And um, yeah, and you know, again, that's not easy to eat like that. But you don't have to. If you start early, you can make small changes and keep it under control. But it's possible. You know, people are told by the doctor that you're just going to get worse over the years. So you don't have to. And you don't have to. That's the thing. And that's the thing. I find uh, it's so funny how um, we don't want, we know we have to make changes and we don't. So as a good example, um, a lot of people, uh, when I talk just about food or, you know, the show and lifestyle, and I meet all kinds of people with new products that are healthy. And so we're chatting. And of course, a lot of times, you know, we'll have something to eat or drink. And they're afraid to eat in front of me. Yeah. We're afraid. They're afraid to eat in front of me like I'm the food police or something. And I think it's because, um, you know, I'm healthy. I look healthy. They know I manage myself well. And so we're really guarded about our health. And yet we're not doing a lot about it. So in other words, we know, I think I'm doing something wrong. Oh, my lifestyle's off. And we're aware of that. And so when we're around people that we feel have... Uh, better choices or trying to get it together, we hide from that. And and so if you're doing that, go a step further and, and start living a better life and start making wiser choices rather than hide them. Like yeah, in the I mean, closet, smokers. There's <laughs> definitely emotional connection with food and it's not easy and I haven't perfected it either, you know, but... Uh, well, you nor know. have I, and the thing is, they, you know, nor have I, I don't think any of us has, but for the majority, and we can say the majority of the time, we're hoping to make better choices. Right, and, and the small changes can make big differences if they, if they know. Um, you know, like just stopping dairy and milk, replacing that with um, almond milk or something else 
can make a big difference. Well, I can actually attest to that because I've uh, been off dairy for a while now, quite a while, and um, and wheat. Now I'm not perfect. Um, but I really make an effort. The wheat seems to be a little more difficult for me than the dairy, and just because it's a filler. And so I have to be quite diligent on what I look at. And I, again, it's not because of any allergy. I want to keep the wheat down. Inflammation. Um, and also, I found a huge difference in insulin intake. Yeah, I bet. Just gigantic, um, you know, and at first it was a, a hard thing to do, but you do become used to it. And there is a lot of flavor and choices in my diet. And I do go out and I enjoy myself and I do it with very little wheat and dairy in my diet. And once you do that, you actually feel kind of lighter, uh, when you're off of them, you kind of feel great. Well, and you do, and I can, you know, because I am actually doing it, it makes a tremendous difference. And I just find that I'm far more, when I make these positive changes, um, it just shows up in awareness of your body and how you're feeling and really connecting to your own body. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, just so people know, too, the American Diabetes Association isn't the best resource for diet. They're tied with the drug companies. So they also have meat and dairy and and cheese and things like that. So need more of a natural approach. And, you know, it has a lot of good information, but it's not the best. Well, it's a stepping stone. And beyond the American um, Diabetic Association, and I know neither one of us are doubting these. They're they're great uh, resources for people when they're first diagnosed, and they do help uh, people living with diabetes and their caregivers and families and whatnot. Really, though, they have a baseline. Let's face it. They're here for mainstream and letting people know and simplifying it that, okay, because most of, most of the population is eating dairy, they're eating meat, they're eating wheat, they're eating all these things. And so if you're going to be doing that, which is an assumption, then here are the what would keep you in balance with your medication. And I think that's because we're eating so much of it, that's what they're catering to. All right, we understand that you're going to be eating these things, and so here's what we recommend is daily choices, and along with that, balance out your medication. But rather, we should be going beyond that. That's a great stepping stone. Thank you very much to the diabetic associations and supporting and helping people living with diabetes. But what you and I are saying is, let's go beyond that. Yeah, and, you know, the doctors aren't trained anymore. The, the information that would really help make small changes isn't out there for people. Like You can't depend on your doctor a lot of times. They don't know the milk and meat things. They don't know all that stuff. Well, and really their objective, especially an endocrinologist, is what's going to work for you to keep your sugars lower. So let's make it simple. We're going to send you to a dietitian. Um, you know, you can get support with the American Diabetes Association. Look at the Juvenile Diabetes Association, which is gigantic and also supports and management people living with diabetes. They're not just about finding a cure. And go to them and get your resources. What we're here to deal with is what are your sugar levels at that are affecting your health. And so you're, you do have to go beyond that. You, you do have to find ways and what works for you and your lifestyle, and you have to be willing to make some changes for your health. Right, and the earlier the better. You can do small changes that make big differences. And I don't think it has to be complicated. I, I think the, the first step in a lot, with a lot of people is diet. I, you know, I used to say it was 70-30, so 70% food, what we eat, and 30% with the exercise, and I think I'm grossly off. I think it's 90% of what we eat. 
Yeah, and it I, could be. And, and thoughts and emotions, I, you know, I always like to take those into consideration as well. Well, your approach and your attitude um, is, uh, well, we've had, I've had other episodes about this where, you know, emotions and all these things really, and the hormones that come with along with these emotions really affect our health, including our sugars in a big way. Right. You know, and, um, oh, go ahead. I, I, you told me something when we chatted that uh, I was very interested in, and I'd like to talk about it because, again, we've touched on what type of diabetes do we have and possibly why, and we've talked a little bit about lifestyle. But in the management, um, there's so many fears on what can happen. And it, when you go to a management course, they always, you know, they tell you all the things you can do and it's uh, overwhelming and a lot of times inspiring for people to make change. But then in the end, they tell you all these horrible things that can happen to you, which is not inspiring and it is terrifying and affects people and their emotions in many different ways. And you told me something that I found very inspiring. And in your interview with your book, Off Balance, American way of health. You interviewed a fella who had neuropathy. Right, yes. Duncan, Duncan Tooley had neuropathy that the doctor said he would have forever, and he was going to a clinic in Texas for a year getting injections of gamma, uh, something for the immune system, I think it was gamma globulin, and he'd have to be in the hospital for eight hours to get it over a slow infusion, and then he'd, it would last two weeks, and it cost like $10,000 a month through insurance. And he just happened to sit in with his wife's hypnotherapy class, and he learned the power of the hypnotherapy to treat it. And he uh, he took it to a really high level. He said, "All the all the cells in my body are happy and healthy. Immune system, leave the cells alone." And he was able to completely heal his neuropathy using hypnotherapy. And then he's changed his life from a computer guy, and he does hypnotherapy full time as a trainer and everything else. Wow! Now that's. That is so inspiring because as a diabetic, you hear about neuropathy quite often, and it is scary. Um, and as you said, look at the treatment that he could receive. At what cost? And what if you don't yeah. have insurance? And what if this isn't available to you, uh, depending on where you are in the world? I mean, it's scary. And yet hypnotherapy is within your power. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, my book, I have stories of people that healed themselves and, um, I, you know, Frank Ferrante is another one that you might be interested in as well. He was a borderline diabetic with all kinds of emotion. And they did a um, uh, documentary on him and his transformation. It's really amazing. Amazing story. Uh, May I Be Frank is the name of his movie. But he, uh, yeah, he changed his diet completely. He got completely away from hepatitis, diabetes, all kinds of things. So I believe myself, I'm sort of an extremist, but I do believe anything can be healed in the different ways. I believe there's tools there. There's usually something that people need to learn or shift with or emotion that needs to be addressed that hasn't been dealt with in a healthy way. But I, I believe anything can be healed. So we, and that is a big message. We do have choices and we do have more control than we uh, realize in, in bettering our health, um, and having success with our choices. So in other words, you're diagnosed with something like diabetes, um, and you're, you're going to get it under control. So you go to the doctor and they give you some medications and okay, but don't, don't be satisfied. Don't leave it there. Go beyond and take control of your life and your situation and find success. You know, and another message I have in my book too is that we depend upon doctors for all our healthcare needs. 
And they're not trained in health anymore. They're trained in drugs. They're not trained in anything else besides the drugs. They don't know any natural products. They don't know how to deal with emotions or stress. They, a drug is the answer to everything. So, and going back to the emotion of diabetes, um, the, you know, I, I always look at Louise Hayes and she has a probable cause. And the emotion for diabetes is longing for what might have been a great need to control, deep sorrow, no sweetness left. So that might be something that some people deal with or all, you know what I mean? And, and then she gives thoughts to replace those if people feel that way. This moment is filled with joy. I now choose to experience the sweetness of today. So. And this is in her way of changing thoughts yeah, and like emotions. Yeah, an underlying, her theory is there's an underlying emotion be, behind all diseases, and that's the theme with the diabetics, you know, mostly type 2, but that's, so, and, and it won't be all of them, but if some, if it resonates with somebody, then they can certainly address that. Well, I actually have Louise Hayes' book, yeah. and I've, I've done some reading, and it's fascinating, and how she has adopted this into her own life, so I'd love to have her on the show. She's an amazing woman, but again, it's another tool. Yes, and it's absolutely. to do with uh, emotions and what we may be lacking and why this is, how this all dominoes into our health. And again, it can be a very complicated thing and it's overwhelming. Why do I have diabetes? You know, there's athletes. Why do they have diabetes and they're diagnosed? You know, they, they're not everyone is overweight. There are, right. you know, although it is a huge issue, obesity is a huge issue, but there are a lot of people that eat very poorly and they're slim, and they have diabetes. It's just their metabolism, and they have diabetes. So they're really wondering why I, I'm thin, but how are you feeding yourself? Right. You know, what other things are going on in your life? And so rather that they just are frustrated, why do I have diabetes? They give up, oh, I'll just take the pill, and I'll live with it. Who knows why I have it? They grumble about it, but we're not really going a step further. And you're, the doctors don't have time to get into that. And they don't know anyway. <laughs> well, that's it. They know, look, your sugars are high. Let's do something about it. So yeah. we have to respect the fact that um, doctors uh, are overworked, and they really are overworked. There's, um, you know, they don't have the time. They're not necessarily educated in this way, like you said, to do with emotion. And um, other choices that are out there, that's more of an individual. I I've met many, many, many doctors, even endocrinologists that say, I'm sorry, I know nothing about nutrition. We're going, to yeah, send you, I, <laughs> we're going to send you to the dietitian. And even the dietitian, although they're a dietitian and they know about nutrition, their objective, especially if they're being paid by um, some sort of insurance or, the, you know, the government's health plan, are saying, okay, that's great, but right now we're going to just deal with what affects your sugars. Yeah, and again, if they're trained in the classic one, you know, the, the food pyramid that we grew up with, you know, is made by the milk companies, I believe. Well, it actually is, and, and I, that's how I started was with the food pyramid as a child, and that is all that we had pretty much. And and I hear this all the time. So what they say, and, and you have to respect the fact that their objective is to keep you healthy for now, to deal with what we're dealing with for now. So they are wonderful in doing that in the way that what are you eating? When are you hungry? What do you crave? And how can I work with this? And so it's all very uh, helpful because they help you on what you're dealing with now. But what we should be doing is going beyond that. Yes, I agree. So that helps you with your current situation, but your current situation may have caused you to develop type 2 diabetes. Right. 
So they're helping you within your said situation. But what we're encouraging our my listeners to do is go beyond that. Yeah. Go look in other sources behind besides the mainstream. There's a lot of other information that you'll find. And actually, your your uh, booklet talks about that. Some holistic alternatives. Right. And is this information that you've gathered from uh, people that you've interviewed? Uh, yeah, some of them. I mean, I, I met a lot of holistic practitioners in the area. I used to do some mixers, and then I got to meet with them and mix with them and learn what they do. And so when someone said they had, like, say, a migraine or something, I would call them up and say, how do you treat that? And I learned so much. I mean, there's so much I had no idea about as a pharmacist. You know, I, I learned a lot of the things that we learned were just how it was could be healed, you know, or could be a long chronic disease. Well, only if you go to a doctor. If you go to a holistic practitioner, you have a lot more options. So I, I had a big learning curve on that. I mean, after after you get out of pharmacy school and they call you a doctor and a healthcare practitioner, and then I learned that there's so much stuff that I don't know. And like I said, we didn't have any training in nutrition either. You know, so when people ask me stuff, I'm I'm like the endocrinologist, like, <laughs> that, which is crazy, right? We're healthcare professionals. And so there should be maybe a little more of a common denominator. And I've had this conversation more and more lately on how it's great to be specialized, but we need more of a common denominator. Right. Absolutely. Basics. Going back to everybody should have the basics of health before they're called a healthcare practitioner. Nutrition, emotions, thoughts, things like that. And it is basics, and I don't think we're paying attention to that. I agree. You know, so I have to ask you, having said that, and you're a pharmacist, what what led you to kind of, you know, all this natural approach rather than the Western approach through drugs? You know, I uh, I started, I asked a friend about cleansing, and he gave me some information and um, I started reading all about it, and I was reading this one book that said 95% of diseases are caused by what we eat. And I just thought that was like the stupidest thing ever because I'm like, I would have learned about that, right, as a pharmacist. And, you know, I actually picked up my therapeutics book, and I started rummaging through it looking at causes of asthma and and, and ulcerative colitis, any kind of thing, and everything was so vague. is The cause is unknown. It occurs in this type of people. And so they couldn't figure anything out. That's, you know? that's somewhat terrifying. So, yeah. And then, you know, holistically, you know, that they'll, they'll tell you what it's caused them. But with Western medicine, it's part of it. Like, we don't know, but we'll help you with the drugs. So if they want to keep you needing them as part of the big business. And what an interesting approach that you've uh, taken because you are a pharmacist. I mean, this is how you make your living. Right. So. Right. How do you juggle this? I mean, you're you're not really embracing the Western um, medications, although it is a place people need to start. So is that your approach? Is this is yeah, where well, you start, but let's go beyond it? I, I mean, I would say anybody that, that goes to a doctor and, you know, you're just temporarily helping symptoms, but if they tell you you need to be on medication forever, you know, start looking around. You don't need to, you know, for most things. You know, there's there's things other ways to address it. There's there's natural herbs if you need something, but you know all drugs have side effects. All drugs have drug companies that spend a lot of money testing them. That you know they alter a natural product so they could put a patent on it and make money. That's why nobody does the testing on the natural products because they can't make all the profit. So they so, have to alter it. 
That's a very interesting thing if we can say that again. So they're taking the, the basic, a natural product. Right, and they have to chemically modify it so then they can put a patent on it. And once they do that, then they're able to sell it. But, you know, your body would be better with natural products and things that have been on the earth for, you know, millions of years or however long it's been around. And uh, that's that's what's going to, that's what it's going to better recognize and do better with. So that's just part of the business, though. Well, that's that's extremely interesting. So really, we are starting with natural products from the get-go. A lot of times, yeah. I mean, uh, but yeah, they'll, they'll take something and modify it so it's theirs. And that doesn't mean it's best for us. But it's the most profitable for them. And then if they find natural products that do really well, they have stories of those being suppressed as well. They don't want something that's really good out. So someone starts manufacturing it, a drug company can go and try and just take it over. And, you know, there's a quote I have in my book, too. Uh, Alex Hiddle, I think, he was somebody that worked for a company, and he said the best drugs, the, the, the biggest fear is that a drug that they're studying is going to kill people. And the second biggest, biggest fear is, I'm sorry. The second biggest fear is that they cure, cure them. So the greatest drugs are the ones that people need for a long, long time. Like insulin. Like insulin. It's a great drug. So insulin is uh, uh, Banting and, and uh, Best, the two doctors that develop insulin in Toronto, which, you know, I live in Toronto. Um, God loved them because people were dying. So sure, absolutely. We needed it. We absolutely needed it. Um, beyond that, though, you know, a cure is our next objective. So I, here we started with a stepping stone, but we need to go further. We can't just leave it. And a lot of people do. You hear it all the time. Well, we have insulin. Well, we, you have insulin so you can maintain yourself. But we want to be off insulin because even though insulin is wonderful and I'm thankful every day that it was, um, you know, discovered or, or put together in the way that it keeps people alive, especially in the case of type 1 diabetes, we want to go beyond that. Right, absolutely. So, you know, these drugs are necessary to some degree, but we want to go beyond that. And often, you know, and a lot of people will chuckle about this, it's so true, you'll hear, do you suffer from sweaty palms? Something as simple as that. And here's a drug you can take to get rid of these symptoms. But they cause so many other things, which in my opinion would be far worse than sweaty palms. Yeah, you're right. And you know they make money from the drug commercials. They put so many on there, right? So there's a lot of people out there with sweaty palms. But, you know, again, it's what is your, um, what is the risk factor and, uh, from success? So that balance, what are you doing to your body in order to get rid of sweaty palms? And really, are you looking at why do you have sweaty palms? Just as in diabetes, you're on a pill, whether it's, and I hate to use a name, but I will, metformin, which is a very common drug. And Absolutely. a lot of people, I hear a, a lot, a lot of emails or, or a lot of, you know, on blogs and just talking with diabetics in, in my uh, coaching that they haven't had success. And, I'll, and not that it doesn't work, but it doesn't work long term and they've had to go on insulin. So it's not, okay, the drug may be working, but what's going on with your health? But now it's not. It's progressing. So we, why aren't we looking at taking control and making some real changes and getting support in a natural way beyond drugs, not upping our drugs and constantly changing them, although it may be necessary while we're on this journey to take control right. of our health and have choices. The, the, the drugs will suppress symptoms, make you more comfortable, and the disease is going to progress, and then you're going to get side effects. 
And that's what really in, uh, in diabetes along with other health concerns, but we are talking about diabetes today. That's the biggie. It's, you know, um, it's not having these side effects. Nobody wants them. And how do we keep them at bay? So, you know, now we know what type of diabetes do you have? So we identify that and type two, we're just going to call it type two for whatever reason, type one, and it has its book of, it has a reason and that's autoimmune. Type two could be for a variety of reasons. So let's look at what type of diabetes and then how, what choices do we have? What choices do we have in management? And that's what's lacking. We do have choices. But the doctor's not aware of them. So, so go, you're on your own. You're on your own. Doctor won't tell you all these because they don't. They're not trained in them. And I think that creates a, again an emotion, a lot of fear based around that. Um, so we have choices, and it, we get confused in our choices even. So right. it's really looking into these things. And I've had shows with Aluvera, and I thought that was fantastic. It was a very interesting approach, along with yoga and herbs, and really managing an individual. Right. And where they're at and what works for them. But that is the basis to it all, I would say, that, you know, you look at what, let's, let's face it, it's very important to be aware of what type of diabetes do I have. And we have to throw some of this old knowledge out the window. As you said, type 2 was always looked at as adult onset. But you can have type 2 and be a child, which is incredible and tells us so much about the way that we're managing our health at this point in time. Yeah. And, you know, and look at why. Why does my 14-year-old or 12-year-old have type 2 diabetes? Right. I'll why? Um, now we've said, said why and, you know, what choices do we have in management? So I love your booklet, um, a great resource for people to go to living with diabetes and really empowering them with some choices beyond their medication and really going a step further than just masking their symptoms. Right. And your website that we can go to, can we say it again? Yeah, the, the, the booklet is what to do about diabetes.com and the book is offbalancethebook.com. Offbalancethebook.com? Yeah, for the book and then the booklet for the diabetes is uh, what to do about health.com. And in, within that website, it's what to do about diabetes. And it's very informative, great, um, some great tips and, and um, really explaining what types, uh, why, and some other management choices to help you move forward and hopefully not be on any medication whatsoever. Absolutely. That should be the goal. Well, thank you, uh, Dr. Leela. I really appreciate you taking the time today and sharing with us really great information. And I look forward to reading your book. Oh, thanks so much, Anita. It was, it was a great, great one. Thanks. I appreciate it. So in short, it really is up to us on what we would like to do about our health and about diabetes and looking at different options that work for us, that work with our lifestyle um, and looking at the level of commitment we have towards us. It really, it's in our power. The doctors are wonderful. They can only do so much though. So Really have a look at different options and remember to test and keep records on what is successful in these new alternative treatments and maybe what isn't so successful for you in your life and what you're willing to do in commitment. Um, and keep your doctor informed of everything that you do. Don't go off your medications um, while you're trying things, please, and keep your doctor informed. Thank you for joining me today. 
in choosing the balanced life with diabetes. And if you have any questions or stories that you would like to share, please email me at anita at anitacoach.ca and follow me on Twitter at Anita Westlake.